Eastern Time, the time zone of New York City, where the New York Knicks... Let me put it this way. The three of us met a couple weeks ago on this podcast, and we were making our predictions for Knicks vs. Cavs. I made my prediction, and Ethan said... You know, I hope yeah, you said I hope in two weeks you look like an idiot. And I do look like an idiot. (laughs) Because I said Nixon six. What an idiot. Nixon five. Wow. Um first uh No confidence in your own team. I know. Wow. I, I you know what it is? I uh I don't know. I thought maybe this guy that was the hubbub of all this trade talk in the offseason, Donovan Mitchell. I thought, you know, R.J. Barrett didn't have a great season. Maybe they should have traded for this guy. I don't know. I thought maybe this guy would play better than R.J. Barrett, but what, what do I know? So I said Nixon six. Yeah, he's, Mitchell's been without Rudy Gobert. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rudy Gobert was like, I've been carrying him for years. Wow. Years. Yeah, this is like, this is like when Pippen went to the Trailblazers. The, yep. Yep. The jailblazers back in the day. <laughs> Loved him. Man, I can get used to this feeling. What is this? Uh, first, 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 <laughs> first playoff win in a decade. Uh, yeah. Second in Congrats. a second of the millennium. Mm. So things are looking up this millennium. Um. Yeah, I think if we just win the next 70-something years, we'll be good. We'll have more than half. (laughs) 700, 70. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, man, that... The Knicks were so good. Like, every everybody on that team contributed. Uh, Even Julius Randle, he was injured at the end of the first half and had to sit out the second half. Uh, Not my favorite player, but he he was great in the first half last night. Um, Brunson didn't even have his best game. He was he was he was a superstar. That was one of the stories. Games one through four. Uh, to me, to me, the biggest story was just the rise of Star J Barrett. Number nine, Star J. <laughs> Woof, I'm wow. so glad we didn't trade him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like he's he's always been up and down his whole his whole career in so many ways, but. This, he 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 fucking he turned it up when when people were doubting him. He was getting to the rim at will, making spin moves in the paint, um, and his touch. He he had a basket last night that was like actually pretty far from the rim, but you know hit it off the backboard. And I when he went to the rim, I I felt like it was going in. At, at times in the past, I didn't. So that's RJ. Got before we move on to the other players. Um, should I be feeling like because during the season when RJ was having a bad year and we knew that the Cavs won or sorry the the Jazz wanted three unprotected picks in RJ for Donovan Mitchell, I thought maybe we should have done that deal. 
maybe maybe we should have done that deal and we would have we would have been a championship contender or close to it. I don't know. Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs again, not getting it done. RJ Barrett getting it done. Star J Barrett. How, how do you feel, Ethan? Well, uh, I guess first of all, on, on the Knicks, yeah, I'd say that I'd maintain what I felt prior to the season, which was that I don't think trading for Donovan Mitchell would have made them a contender. I think part of the appeal of bringing in Mitchell while you have some control on him was that we already had some pieces that felt like franchise pieces like, uh, like Mobley and Garland. Um, and there's still a lot to figure out there, obviously, but, um, I think, uh, I, I think that, uh, obviously the Knicks have to feel good about not pulling the trigger on that, keeping those assets, bringing in Brunson to fill that kind of role. And, um, I would say the players that I think best embodied, you know, obviously RJ eventually, uh, you know, stepped up and played really well, especially at the end of the series and, and Brunson was the star, but um, I think Josh Hart and especially Mitchell Robinson Mm. are the players that like, you know, you know, good players are going to score. It's a, it's an offense oriented league, but it was those those guys um, being stars in their role that I think embodied how the Knicks dominated the series. Yeah, mid, and and especially with Grimes out, uh, Grimes was the other guy on Donovan Mitchell duty. So Hart Hart basically played forty six minutes yesterday because Mitt Donovan Mitchell did. I thought they could have trusted um, Miles McBride for a few minutes, but Tibbs, I don't know if he does. Um, but it's okay. What I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick that Hart played 46 minutes instead of what I thought should have been maybe 41 minutes. Hart was amazing. Um, I wasn't I was never a huge fan, but I am now, and there's no way he's not gonna be a Nick next season. He's he's such a part of this core. He's um just does all the little things. He's also even good in transition. When he, like, as soon as he gets one of those long rebounds that he specializes in, he's pushing it up the court. Mitch, amazing. He just, he had something like 18 rebounds last night um, and so many offensive rebounds and offensive putbacks. Um, It's like 11 11 offensive rebounds. Wow. I think so. Nah, yeah. I, I believe it. It was, it got, it became comical. Yeah. Yeah, especially against you would think you know, the, the team with the with the twin towers with the two bigs. Uh, I just yeah yeah. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get to issues with the Cavs. Um, I just I really feel great about this team, and throughout the season, I have in a way that I never did two years ago when they lost to the Hawks when they ended up losing to the Hawks. It just it just feels like this is a sustainable thing that that we're building on. It's a, it's a real, it, even though Brunson was a free agent, it feels like a homegrown group. You have that with quickly RJ, uh, Grimes missed a lot of it, but him too. Mitch Hart is like, like, it feels like he's always been a Nick. Hartenstein is unbelievable. I love Hartenstein. I love McBride when he gets those spot minutes. Uh, and you know what? I, I earlier this week, I was thinking about how we don't need Randall and it's time to move on from him. And it probably that's a that's a discussion topic for this offseason, Julius Randall. But Obi Toppin, I'm forgetting, uh, was yeah, he, fantastic he was this series. Oh, John, John, what what uh, were you impressed by the Knicks? Was this more than you thought they were capable of? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was blown away. I mean, I, I, I still think the Cavs have more talent. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, in terms of like the, I don't know, top line talent, like with Donovan Mitchell and Garland and Mobley, um, 
but the Knicks just out-toughed him at every at every turn. And I love that Cheers, Derek White. It's like the mid-season pickup that no one's really talking about at the time, but then come playoffs, it's just like the guy you want on your who's actually making a real difference. Yeah. And I I think like this just could not have been a better matchup for the for the Knicks. Because it's like a team that definitely has more talent, objectively more more talent, and, and they could just go, okay, we're the underdogs. Let's just go like beat the crap out of them on the boards. And let's just go in there and be like the type of thing that New York really freaking likes. That like 90s style Knicks team. It it's perfect. I, I love it. I love it. However far it goes. I'm I'm absolutely in love with this run and I give full credit to those guys. I think it I think it was great. Incredible. It is it is officially a run since they won around. And it really I, I think that like they're they're the team right now in New York City, right? And this is Oh yeah. And it's just I mean, like Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets now. I don't know <laughs> if you can. <laughs> yeah, wait a wait a. You know, I, I I do think the Jets are making a mistake with that trade. Um, I'm not a Jets fan, so I don't care. But <laughs> you know what? Good for them for making the mistake in, uh, or bad for them because they probably wanted a big splash with this news to do it in a time when no one cares because everybody's talking about the Knicks. I, I look outside my window. I see people in blue and orange. Uh, that's because of the blue and orange contact lenses that I have on. Um, <laughs> and, and man, it, it's like every Nick fans are so damn loyal. I mean, cause we all grew, especially there's such a cohort of people around our age that grew up watching these Knicks in the nineties and then just nothing after the nineties for for 20 something years and and just it's like this pent up demands for a contender or for a good team to make us feel like we 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 finally got what we deserve in terms of like just what this fandom has just always always been about um you know uh so I was talking about like Hart playing 46 minutes Randall got hurt. Grimes was out. So a lot of the players had to play the entire second half. Um, they basically had a seven man rotation by the end of it. Um, and Hartenstein wasn't even playing. And this is not a knock on tips or anything. Um, but it, like you could tell the team looked exhausted afterwards. Um, and when they were interviewing RJ and Hart at the end of the game, just like a post game interview on this was watching on MSG. They just, they weren't like exuberant. They were obviously happy and felt good. And, but it's like the part in part because they probably know they still have work to do, but also because they're just spent. And, and I too felt spent last night. <laughs> that was like my reaction. I was like, finally, cause like it, towards the end of the game, Cleveland made a little run. I just finally felt like, okay, we did it. And it was just like this falling into the back of my couch sigh of relief happy but i'm not like jumping up and down i'm not punching through the walls in excitement so that's I will, been my day the, yeah the the one thing about the knicks that i think um anybody really would be disappointed about is that they didn't wear the proper blue and orange thank you any of the five games it was ridiculous and i wonder if that's going to carry over like they'll they'll continue to ignore it against the heat i know because because teams do that they start thinking they got a lucky jersey or something yeah. i think two years ago phoenix was wearing their valley jerseys and i think continued yep. wearing them through the whole run has won their championship in a t-shirt <laughs> was Raptors it was it actually was it actually one of the t-shirt ones yeah it was yeah. the black t-shirts okay um and the, the Raptors in an alternate, the Bucks one in an alternate. It's just Nike is unleashed pure chaos. Yeah. And these these are the best Knicks jerseys. We've talked about it. I think the white ones are the second best. Um I hate the 
I don't like their city jerseys this year, the black ones. Um, but I have to put a third because the fourth one, the statement jersey, which I think the color scheme is really nice, but it's disqualified because it's got, instead of the Nike logo, it's got the Jordan Jumpman logo. There are a certain number of teams you just cannot put a Jordan logo on their paraphernalia. And the Knicks are one of them. Um, it would be like a... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be like having Tim Hardaway's son on your team after after playing the Miami Heat and all those tough series in the 90s. All right. So, so as we were saying, the first game, <clears throat> it was, I think, the Knicks in their dark blue against the Cavs in white. Second game was Cavs in white again versus Knicks in black. Home games, Knicks were in white both times, so that was at least acceptable. Both times against, it was Cavs in black both times? Yes. Games three and four? And then game five, Cavs in white again, and the Knicks wore their dark blue statement jerseys, which don't even count as jerseys. They might as well have been wearing (laughs) T-shirts. And these are the best, and they hadn't worn them. Um, And I hope, I hope, you know, maybe, maybe... I should root for them to lose game one in their dark blue jerseys. Just to get the yeah get the juice off of it so they can be like, well, now we got to pick, we got to yeah. switch, switch laundry. I guess that would be game three because the Knicks have a home series. Amazing. Why don't we, why don't we talk about that now against the Miami Heat upset the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Jimmy Butler going nuclear. No one's playing better than Jimmy right now. And the one thing I'll say about this, it's definitely better. Playing the Heat is, is I would take playing the Heat over playing uh, the Bucks with a healthy Giannis or even like a 90% Giannis. The, the Bucks at their best is a real contender. But I wouldn't be so sure we have a cakewalk because I don't know if I want to play Jimmy right now. You don't. No. <laughs> who would who would ask for that matchup? Yeah. I he's been incredible. I so I, I think he's been incredible, but I'm also like the guy doesn't have an endless amount of ammo. Right? Like he's he can't just keep doing this. <laughs> the Bucks was like impossible. Like, there's just so I get it. He's incredible, and he is the run of a lifetime. But I'm I'm picking Knicks because I don't think Jimmy can keep it up. And also, there is no one else on the team. Like right. Kevin Love. <laughs> I mean, far, talk like, about Kevin it. Love is starting. <laughs> He, he, he made some big shots last night, but um, yeah, and they're down Tyler Hero. So it's basically um, their rotation, I guess, has got to be Jimmy, uh, Vincent, is there, or no, Lowry, Jimmy, Struess, Bam, and Kevin Love are their starters. And then you got um, Caleb Martin. Oh. Who'd you say? Duncan Robinson. Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Robinson coming off the bench. Yep. Vincent, who I... It was actually Lowry. So that's an eight-man rotation, I guess. Um, but I... Yeah, they, they, they are not as deep. They're going to be shorthanded with Hero out. They do get a nice amount of rest, but they are going to... <clears throat> they're going to need Jimmy to be insane playoff bubble Jimmy for a full series. Yeah, there's just, and there's no way. And even if somehow they beat New York, then they have to start playing every other night Mm -hmm. in the conference finals. I don't know. This is great. Not, not taking anything away from Jimmy because it is, he is an absolute magician. And, but I don't see how he keep this going. I just don't. So th- with all that being said, um, I haven't really had time to think about like how they're going to match up with Miami. I haven't talked to any of my assistant coaching staff. What? Yeah. <laughs> the, 
you have no reason to think about that until right i was thinking about like yeah i was i was starting to worry about before this i was worried a little bit about like is randall going to be able to guard brooke lopez on the perimeter the answer is no um but we don't have to know so go okay going into the first round i did legitimately think the knicks would win partly because i was biased but also, like, I, I thought they had a re- real chance against the Cavs. Yeah. Never thought this was... I thought, like, I wanted them to just have a good round one, take that into next year as, like, hey, we're moving up. If not, it, it, and if we win round one, even better. Maybe maybe play a little tough in round two. But I never thought we would be playing Miami. Never thought about moving past round two. And I'm not picking it but it's finally it it might be time to at least start thinking about they got a chance at a real run i don't think they would beat say the celtics in the conference finals but they got a chance certainly got a chance of making it to the conference finals a good chance probably more likely than not of making it to the conference finals and therefore, whatever, anything's possible, as Kevin Garnett said. Uh, I wouldn't have thought there was a chance a couple of weeks ago. Now, maybe. It's a wide open, it's a wide open NBA season. No dominant team. I'll be really interested to see how Kevin Love performs against the New York Knicks, knowing that somehow... Jamie Bickerstaff, Kobe Altman, and Kevin could not come to terms with like some sort of, hey, we'll play you when the playoffs happen, just rest your ass for the moment type of scenario. It just, it felt, you know, whatever reason, he was like, no, no, I'm going to go to Miami. They'll give me a starting job and we're going to beat the Bucks in five. <laughs> like, and if he is effective against the Knicks, if he's still hitting shots and getting defensive rebounds mm-hmm. was the key, the, the, the first big key to the, the Cavs implosion. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's already like an egg or two on the faces of the management in Cleveland, but it's going to be just dozens plopping down on their stupid faces. <laughs> it's if, if Kevin Love was looking for a revenge tour, he he I guess he would have thought, I hope I play the Cavs in the second round. But this is almost as good for the reasons you just laid out. It's like, oh, I'll succeed where the Cavs just failed without me. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> Something else to think about. So maybe maybe I should pick Miami to win because of Kevin Love's revenge tour. Um, I think I'll take Nixon five, so I don't look like an idiot this time. <laughs> now he's got the confidence. Okay, we'll see. All right, let's talk about let's let's talk a little bit more about the Cavs. So what is um, Ethan? What's your overall? impression of like how how would you describe what went wrong and what are your kind of big takeaways from this series um i think as a season overall i don't feel terrible because we won 50 games we had home court it was a bad series and hopefully it offered some lessons for the young guys on the team and for the front office to see where these deficiencies that these holes on the roster that were bigger than anticipated, I think, going in terms of, like, what went wrong in the series. I think that uh, the JB Bicker, the fire JB Bickerstaff contingent is growing louder and louder because it was not a well-coached series. Um, Obviously, the offensive rebounds were, were a big issue. Jared Allen was not effective at all. And part of it is that Mitchell Robinson's just a stronger guy and Allen needs to hit the weight room like he talked about after the game. But another big part of it was that 
the defensive game plan was we're going to like hedge on Brunson. We're going to trap and it's going to get Allen out of position. And we're not. And so when the Knicks crash the glass, we're, we're helpless. Now I think that after a couple games, they were in their heads about it, even like, you know, there was a, there was a play where Okoro made Brunson give everything just to get a shot off. And he clanked it against the rim. And then you had three calves around the ball and it ends up out of bounds. Like it, it, it was a calamity. It, uh, so I think mental fortitude, I think uh, physical toughness are things. And I think uh, there's just clearly uh the lack of any serviceable wing is the, the most glaring issue, but we could also use a backup big. And there is a long-term question of is Jared Allen and Evan Mobley really work? Because Evan Mobley, after his first season, it seemed like maybe this guy could over time develop a jump shot, but now it's seeming like maybe he is better served in the interior and trying to force him on the perimeter doesn't work. In which case, you can't have two bigs that don't space in the modern NBA. It right. just it, it doesn't work. It didn't work. And um, when your small forward is <clears throat> not a reliable three-point shooter all the time. Yeah. I think on with regard to J.B. Bickerstaff and the job he did coaching, obviously the, the, the most visible adjustment was switching to Levert as the starting three, um, which didn't work at all. <laughs> it worked in game two. Uh, uh, I mean, he wasn't starting, like, but yeah. And that was shifting to having him start in the second half, which like at that point he had already gotten something rolling and the Cavs were already up. So that felt, um, it felt like he was, I don't know, playing chess with himself or something like Okoro had a decent series to finish. Like the last few games, mm-hmm. couple games, like Okoro looked pretty good out there. And I feel like, if you had just given him the shot in that starting lineup, which was the lineup that played the most minutes together all season and gave us one of the best uh, defensive ratings in the league. Um, I think if you show more confidence in that, and then you have Levert off the bench. So you have something off the bench, you know, Rubio he's, you know, I don't know if he's toast or if he needs more time post injury, but he couldn't provide anything. Uh, Osman is, has never really been reliable and he wasn't in this series. Um, Danny green was signed, you know, as like, uh, maybe he can hit a couple off the bench type of thing. He was, you know, he, he didn't want to go into the series playing Danny green, heavy minutes. Um, he didn't try Stevens until like the second half of game five when, and it was like, clearly at like Allen wasn't working and we needed energy. And that's like the one guy you could throw out there to give you that kind of that kind of boost and it worked for like a couple minutes and then the Knicks took control of the game again. Um it just like rotations felt like we went away from anything that might have worked and uh yeah, the, there wasn't much to look at and feel confident going forward with the coaching staff as it is. Um I'm not, I'm not sure that they'll make a big decision this off season, but there's a lot of people that are concerned that like, you know, obviously defensive minded first team, but uh, you know, you can't ignore the offense and we scored 79 points Mm -hmm. in a game in 2023. That doesn't happen in the NBA. It literally did not happen all season in the NBA and they let that happen. Um, and that's, you know, obviously the style is play slow, grind it out. Um, but when you have Mitchell and Garland, you need to like be able to like change gears to give another look. Um, I feel like this was a, a team that had the talent, um, to put something together and, uh, and I think, uh, a combination of bad coaching, bad uh and 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 like a give up attitude like by game five once they got down it just seemed like half willed at best and uh, it was it was really disappointing to see because it was a good season um i loved watching donovan mitchell most of the, the season that 71 point game was you know it made the trade worth it to me because not every trade is going to get you 
a title. Um, but uh, to go out like that, that's that's what I think is disappointing. Like people expected the Knicks were going to give a fight, and you know if they take us in seven, like it's not a it's not like it's not like a failure of a season. But going down like this was uh, mm-hmm. doesn't feel good in any way. John, you were saying something sort of similar when we were in the waiting room before starting the pod. Yeah, and I don't I don't know about. I don't know about Bickerstaff. I don't know if he made the, like, so I, I remember many years ago hearing Scott Brooks. Remember Scott Brooks? Mm-hmm. The great, yeah. great, great Scott Brooks. He was on, He's dead. Uh, he was on Simmons podcast. Uh, he was talking about, um, and he made, he made this line. He gave this line that I just has always stuck with me. He's like, just cause plan A didn't work. Doesn't mean plan B was better. And I always think about that when I think about coaching decisions and what could be done and what couldn't be done. I mean, you have extreme examples like, say, um, keeping a timeout in your pocket at the end of regulation. Like certain <laughs> coaches maybe did this oh, week, my. but um, in terms of <laughs> in terms of bigger staff, honestly, I don't know. I mean, Ethan makes good points. Like he could have tried more stuff. There's more he could have done. I just, looking back on that series now, the way the Knicks played, the way they just fought and out-toughed them, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Cavaliers had a good answer for the Knicks in this particular series. Um, going forward, I think the Cavs really, they need to think about, you know, the three, and they need to think about, um, yeah, like, what is Evan Mobley? Is he... You know, because if, if Evan Mobley is a guy who's going to play just a few feet from the basket, then, okay, bye, Jared Allen. <laughs> like, we gotta we got to set up a different a different system because Mobley's better than Allen long-term. Like, the Twin Towers thing is not going to work if they're both, you know, six feet from the rim. Um, I think they've got a lot of potential. They are in a little bit of a tricky spot just given how much they gave up for Donovan Mitchell. But – I feel like they're top 10 in terms of where the fan base, how, how, how comfortable the fan base should feel about the talent and the infrastructure and things going forward in the league. Like they're, they're good. They're good. And, and they're young for the most part. I think they can get better. And yeah, I, it sucks. It sucks the way this went out, <laughs> yeah. but remember how, and now this is a bad example because they just lost last night, but remember how like, Budenholzer got absolutely pants in the bubble. Yeah. Like, like just fucking own. You mean the guy like, who finished regulation with a timeout? Well, yeah, you, yeah, the guy who just did that this week. But, <laughs> but I mean, he did, they did win a title after that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not going to defend Budenholzer this year and what he did in this past, this past series because he got owned too. But, um, but yeah. But people like were convinced that from... Bud, Bud could not. Like yeah. he, there were people that were convinced that Budenholzer would hold them back from being able to win a championship, but they managed to do it. They did, and he did change how he played during the regular season. Like he played a lot more um, experimental lineups and yeah. stuff, and then he he does stick to things during the playoffs. I think that's that's a that's a challenge that any coach runs into when, in times of adversity, you're just like okay, let's do the one thing that we know and let's just really focus on that. And I don't know that Bickerstaff's quite that dogmatic, but um, I don't know. I, I think Bickerstaff's a good coach. I would, I would probably give him another chance. Um, but again, there are a lot of uh, tasty names out there right now. So it's just a matter of how big a check you want to write. I, I think you also make a good point about the you know plan A and plan B like I I definitely don't blame losing the series on JB Bickerstaff but it kind of feels like the fact that it wasn't even a series you have to have some examination of the coaching um and I think uh the roster construction is also definitely you know this is a team that all season was was desperate for shooting and our best shooter outside of our guards um 
you know, left. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't playing well at the time. He was paid to leave. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a lot of things that might look different if you get a, a proper rotational shooter or two to put next to Mobley, put next to Mitchell and Garland so they have space to work with because the Knicks swarmed them constantly and we did not have the personnel to make them pay for that. Right, and you can't blame that on Bickerstaff. Uh, you could, you know, maybe he could have tried something else, but you can't blame the fact that they had such a shallow team. Yeah, and actually, those the other the other players kind of played well last night, as you were alluding to. I noticed because uh, you mentioned Lamar Stevens when they put him in in the second half. I heard the crowd kind of erupt into cheers, and I wonder is that I guess like that's like a thing within the Cavs fan community. They probably like really wanted Lamar Stevens to play. And I don't know how much people are clamming for it, but I, like it did feel like because of how uh, ineffective in terms of like being out tough to Jared Allen was Lamar Stevens yeah. is one of the few guys that, you know, he was undrafted and he's not a big talent, but his whole game is basically effort. And that, that was like, what was the big separators? The Knicks were putting in the effort and the Cavs, didn't have it. And so it was like, this is, this is a guy that maybe it can energize him. And, and again, like for like a little run there, it kind of worked. Um, but you know, when you wait to the second half down already down three, one, like, it's like, why, why did it take this long to, to put out this card? You know? Right. Where's, where's Matthew Delvadova when you need it? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love how the, the, the complimentary white player on LeBron's team keeps improving. Like I think Caruso is better than Della Vadova and Austin Reeves is better than Caruso. And Della Vadova is better than Sasha Pavlovic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Zerbiak? Bird- oh, Ali. Birdman? He was, he was the best ass slapper in the league. He really knew how wow. to root on his teammates. Not uh, how to hit shots in the playoffs, but <laughs> oh well. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, just final thing on the Cavs. I think, yeah, I, I would. I I think Mobley's going to improve. He's he's just obviously he's going to improve, but I think he'll also improve his shot. That's just what I think will happen. He'll probably put in the work. He's just such a talented player, and for his sake, hopefully, he does. Still, even even if he becomes more of an outside shooter, it's definitely because the Cavs have no other way really of improving this roster, at least for another year or so, because they don't have assets to trade. They don't have cap space. Um, would you consider this offseason a, a Jared Allen for uh, a good shooter? Someone like, say, Buddy Heald. I don't think that trade makes sense for Indiana, but... Would you consider a trade like that? I think for Kevin Herder. I think if you're gonna get uh, like those are both names that would fit really well on the roster because we need shooters. But I think if you're moving Allen, especially this off season, and based on where the roster is, it's got to be a, a legit forward. It can't because we don't have one right now. Um, we don't have a proper wing. We don't have somebody uh, that can matchup uh Andrew there. Andrew Wiggins coming home I mean that would be sweet I don't think that I don't think the Warriors would do that <laughs> but uh but yeah that that level of thing like that's that's the kind of deal I think they would have to target to consider moving Allen at this point I think down the road and especially if you can find some good pieces with your mid-level exception and and such um and maybe if there's another move you can make I, th- I think Somebody like uh, he's he's not that big, but he is a, a he legitimately plays small for Royce O'Neal off the Nets is somebody that I think the Cavs would try to target. Somebody of that Jared thing. Allen coming home. I mean, uh, I I don't know if they would do an Allen for O'Neal swap, but I I do think that's somebody that they would they would try to target. And if you made a deal like that, then it maybe opens up your possibilities with, with Allen. If you have at least one wing on the roster that can hit a shot and play defense. Cause you know, as, as 
you know, uh, ineffective as the the tandem was um, against the Knicks for five games. In the regular season, Jared Allen was a huge part of what made our our defense effective. Um, and you're not going to – there's not going to be no effect. You know, it's not like the defense will – like Mobley can't hold it all together by himself. Right. Um, Okoro is – extension eligible this off season. What do you, what do you, thoughts on what you would want to do with him and what might happen there? Um, I think, uh, I think that the fact that he has continued to show some amount of improvement with his corner three shooting, the fact that he has a good defensive reputation and the fact that he was one of the few guys that seemed to be actually playing out there to close the series, I, I think his stock has, um, I think it's higher than where it might've been at the beginning of the season. Um, but, uh, and so there's a chance there, there may be like, he's the closest thing we have to an asset in terms of like trying to, trying to bring somebody in, which is not great. Um, but you know, I, I don't think he's going to demand a big payday. So I think they'll probably, you know, find a number that works. I could see a like 12 to 15 per yeah. extension. All right. Cavs considering a new coach, but probably not a team that does have a new coach, the Houston Rockets, John, you're covering your face. Yeah. You're a Rockets fan. Are you not happy with this Udoka <clears throat> signing? I mean, I'm torn, dude. Like I am, I am ripped asunder by this because first of all, I am from, you know, Southwest Iowa. And, um, so Nick nurse also from Southwest Iowa, uh, where no one is from like, no, you never hear of anyone from <laughs> my part of the, the world. Cause no one ever gets out and makes anything themselves. Nick nurse <laughs> is my guy. And the fact that he was in the mix, um, I just thought that was a done deal. I, I assumed he would be the guy. He had the history with the Vipers. Like, I, I thought that was that was going to happen. So, okay, so first off, it was a blow when it wasn't Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Now, then there's more to unpack because then you got Udoka, who, as a coach, in his one year as a coach, um, did, at least for the second half of the year, an incredible job. And maybe the first half of the year was laying the groundwork for that second half of the year. And that's not all he was laying. That's not all he was. That's not all the pipe he was laying. (laughs) And I just, honestly, I feel like how these like Republican, like Trump supporters must feel when they're like, God, I kind of hate this guy, but he helps me get my way. Like he gets, he gets me my, you know, abortion bans and my lower taxes and all that so as much as i hate him i guess i want him in charge (laughs) so i but i just i I wish it'd been nick nurse that's it and i mean i know they interviewed frank vogel and i was like i'm not gonna get super excited about frank vogel he did win a title but he's and he's all right he's respectable but i think i think Udoka is is going to be the voice they need because there's a lot of talent on that team. There's a yeah. lot of talent, and they do not play together, and they do fuck off on defense. And they are, like, he could be the guy who is, like, really best suited to beat this team into shape and make them a winner. I don't know all the details about Boston. I've heard rumors. I... I don't like what I've heard, not any of it, but um, I also believe in second chances. It's America. Um, so I'm going to go forward. Um, I'm still, I still basically have the lottery like circled on my calendar and uh-huh. I'm going to reevaluate after that. But I do think there's talent on this team and they do need a new voice and they do need a hard ass. And so maybe he's the guy. Is Nick Nurse Ron DeSantis in this analogy? <laughs> I or, don't know. Or Nikki Haley. I don't know, how, I, don't, I don't know that it fits in. Maybe Nick Nurse is um, 
don't know. George Mark W. Rubio? Bush in this. I don't. Maybe I don't Jeb. Know. Maybe he's Jeb. He's probably Jeb Bush. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it sucks. It sucks. I was I was sure <laughs> we were gonna get Nick Nurse. I was sure of it. Uh, yeah. So. I, mean, I think I mean because he has won a championship uh, recently. I feel like Nick Nurse is probably more likely to get like maybe that Milwaukee job if it opens up. Like, I, I feel like there's, he, he's probably a little higher profile than where the Rockets are right now who need more of like a developmental coach. And, uh, and I think the move that they made, you know, in a vacuum of backs, basketball for the Rockets, you know, could, could work. And it's somebody that needs to kind of rehabilitate their image. Um, I don't know the extent of what happened in Boston, but uh, it wouldn't make me feel good about it. And I always uh, feel bad when there's some slime to a new addition, which is why I don't um, root for the Browns. Uh, I know. I know. I'm like, of all the people, you know how this feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say this. If, if, if Udoko wrote a, wrote a book about how to interview for a job like interview tips i would definitely buy it and read it because <laughs> the guy the guy mid-year was still has still had like all the toxic slime dripping off him and the nets were like oh yeah maybe we're gonna hire this guy and and then like the then adam silver probably called him and like uh maybe you're not um <laughs> and then he's then he's like hired on us i'm like this guy must be good in the room he's like God love him. I'm, I'm gonna try and keep an open mind. I'm sure Tillman Fertitta was like, he was totally wowed. Like, wow, shut up and listen. All right. <laughs> no, you shut up. No, oh. you shut up. Oh, you're okay. Hired. You shut up. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look, some good news for the Rockets. They, I think they won the coin toss against San Antonio. Oh, they did. Yeah. I didn't even. I was. Which uh, doesn't help their lottery odds, but they could only fall to the six pick. It helps the their yeah, it helps their their basement odds, not yeah. their ceiling odds. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so watch out for that lottery. They should send. They should send Yudoka uh, to the dais. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure Fertitta's going. He's not going to send anybody. All right, that is Houston. Some more, we've talked about Miami, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, Udoka's old team, not closing out on these Hawks. What's going on there? Any any life for these Hawks? Any anything? John, would you would you say it shows anything about Boston? I think it shows a certain level of probably sloppiness, mm-hmm. um, just because the Hawks are easy to overlook as you know the now mighty miami heat can attest right like the miami yeah. heat who are being lauded at every turn like they fucking blew that yeah. game to the hawks right like this is you know if you can give them credit you got to give them some some blame the hawks are the type of team where you're like oh yeah all we have to do is you know either shut down trey or not shut down Trey <laughs> and let him just shoot every time and we can we can win this. I think the the and now this will probably drop after the game. We're recording this before the right. game, listeners. I mean anyone on the live stream knows that. Right. But um I think I would not be surprised if the Celtics beat him by 30 tonight. I would not be surprised to just thump the living crap out of them. I don't think there's any real chance the Hawks go any any farther. Um I, I credit I credit more the sloppiness of the Celtics. And the Hawks have guts, and Trey is a big time performer. Yeah, in the in the playoffs and stuff. But no, as as problematic as Trey is, and um, as difficult as it is to scheme an actual offense that doesn't just involve him isoing, it, it's still like the tantalizing thing about him and why they'll they could get probably a good return is. When he turns it on, he is one of the best pull-up threats in the game and one of the best offensive performers in the game. Ethan, do you give yeah. the Hawks any chance tonight? I, uh, I, 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 I feel like it's 
I, I, I'm kind of aligning with uh, John's thoughts and I feel like I'm not sure how much of it is like bringing in Quinn Snyder was a really good idea and he's helping galvanize the Hawks to go from, mm. you know, joke to uh, joke to like, folk we have momentum going into next season, even if they lose tonight. Like, I feel like they have to feel better about where they're at than they did midseason. Um, and how much of it is just the Celtics playing with their food because they're looking ahead. Right. There <laughs> you always want to toy with it. Look look at the Bucks learned. You could just take a few games off. <laughs> uh Phoenix versus Denver. Who are you taking, Ethan? Well, I think before I had like picked the Suns to make it. Um, and I also picked the Cavs and the Bucks, so I have a great track record. Um so I think I, I think I'll stick with it. Um you know, Durant's really good. Booker has played fantastic. Um, and I think uh, I was surprised that the Nuggets let the Timberwolves take a game from them. Yeah. They were playing with their food. And plus, it's it's Gobert, who's the better half of the Utah duo. <laughs> So uh, I'll take Denver there. That'll be my pick coming out of the West. They're just the most complete team. And Phoenix is another team that has no depth. John, who who are you taking in that series? Guys, Phoenix should have lost. Like, I'm sorry. They should have <laughs> freaking lost. I, it sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm picking Denver. I, yeah. I'm picking Denver. I feel it. I mean, Balmer is probably is he what one of the ten richest people in the world? Um, but I honestly feel bad for him, like to have <laughs> that, to, to have like these guys rest all year in order, and then they're like, then they get hurt in the playoffs. I'm like, oh Jesus! I mean, the Clippers are just they're straight curse. They're straight curse. Yeah. Don't trust the Clippers to get something done for you. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been on the other side of it with Clippers Rockets. Oh, you yeah. know. Epic comeback. Um, I, I I love I love when the Clippers clip, but in this case, like they were, yeah. I mean Westbrook was owning Phoenix. I was rooting. I, I was rooting for like, him. With nobody on the team, they still kept it close against Phoenix. I yeah. I think I think I think Denver has got to take them down, and maybe Phoenix gets to the point where they're more comfortable with each other and they're getting to know each other and they're getting their reps and maybe they're better. I, Oh God. I just, I, I think, I think they should have lost first round. I, I picked Clippers at the start of the year. And, and I was like, after two games in the, I was like, Oh, maybe they can do it. And then Kawhi's out. I'm like, okay, forget it. First of yeah. all, I think with the Kings looking toast. I mean, I, maybe Joker is who I'm rooting for most left in the playoffs. Um, and then also with regards to Kawhi, it's like, obviously they did everything that they could to kind of preserve him. I mean, maybe yeah. they should have played him less minutes when he did play or something, but like, you know, they, they, they did so much to try to preserve those two guys, especially in the first half of the season and then they couldn't even get Paul George to the first round, and Kawhi was out before the series was over. It was. But I, they're the both going to be ready is, next week. So <laughs> if the team was still alive, they right. would be ready to make a second and third and you know finals run. Like yeah, yeah, I, it sucks. But um, no, I think I think Denver is the more complete team, and I think they. I, I really hope they take down Phoenix. Really do. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, you think that the Kings are toast. Um, this will give them a shot because it's, because they've been in every game, but I will take, uh, Golden State now that they've won a road game. Uh, you taking Golden State, John? Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're looking good. Looking strong. I really wanted the Kings to do it up to, uh, what a magical season. Yeah. It makes me sad. They're a team I think because every game's been close and they had no expe or very little expectations going into the season, they'll they'll leave. They're kind of playing with house money, and I think even if they lose four games to two, they'll the fans will be very happy. 
and they'll they'll feel like they've got something on the upswing going into next season. Uh, do you think I, I do think the Lakers will win versus the Jizzlies, but um, I, uh, I, I isn't that clever on my part? It really was. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was surprised they actually lost one last night. Do you guys got in that series? I think the Lakers will win it. I'm not like Mr. Conspiracy Theory on like silver. Well, not with silver at least. Maybe David Stern would make some phone calls, but mm-hmm. um, if the commissioner were going to make some phone calls, he would say um, maybe Lakers Warriors would be the biggest effing you know, conference semifinal series in the history of this league. So let's make that. The biggest semi-conference finals, the series has got to be uh, when Houston had that comeback against the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. But in terms of the general fan base yeah, and yeah. the number of... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I could definitely go for Lakers, Warriors. I, li- I like... I What could I say? I like seeing the best players move on in the playoffs. So I was even a little upset that Giannis was eliminated. I mean, I'll take the heat, but a little unfortunate. And I think uh, I agree. I think the Lakers will take it. And I also think, like, I, I, I'm, I don't like rooting for the Lakers, but I like Le- LeBron and would root for him against the Warriors. But so I think, I. again, he's, I don't think it's... I think his season's gonna end at their hands again because I don't think uh, I don't think that team's got the juice and uh, the Warriors have gotten old, but LeBron is still older. So, (laughs) (laughs) that is true. That is true. But you know who is really old, but still playing or not, but still alive in the playoffs? Udonis Haslam. That's right. Uh, who, who got a technical foul somehow last night. He did. He did for leaving the bench. Uh, all right. Um, well, we're, I, no matter what, it's, it looks like we're setting up for a good second round and a good rest of the playoffs. Uh, New York in the conference finals. Nick's heat. Nick's heat just feels good. It feels very, feels very old school. It's one of, it's one of our main rivals. It's, it's the bulls heat and pacers from, from from my experience in life. Oh yeah, it should be good. Like yeah. Really every victory has to be earned. I'm yeah. excited. I think it's be good. I'm excited too. And and I I think the um I do think we'll win, but I think the Heat will play us tough and um I'm looking forward to Josh Hart. I'm sure it's going to be on Jimmy Butler duty, so that should be a lot of fun. And uh Jimmy Butler is going to be on Rachel Nichols duty. All right. That's that's it. Um, Ethan, anything you want to plug? Nah. Right. I'll just say that uh, <laughs> I do. Th- yeah, next week, I think it'll be a fun series because just the circumstances of both underdogs coming after five game wins, both are going to fucking grind it out. Oh, my goodness. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I just hope that the uh, they get some shooters for the Cavs. <laughs> get some shooting, please. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll think of some fake trades, of some fake Jared Allen trades. <laughs> uh, John, anything? No, nothing to plug. Just fired up about this. I, I feel like the first round, a couple of series disappointed. Certainly, like Suns Clippers. Yeah. I think was a little bit down and. There was some just like, yeah, okay. But I think second round is going to be four, like, really, really good. Series. Yeah, for sure. And you could catch all of that action here on Larry No Sports, wherever you get your podcasts. May all your days be hoop dreams. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may all your <laughs> days be days of thunder.